You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. the confidence that I have since getting that email about doing terrestrial radio. Mm. This, uh, this, this is my new voice. Oh, this is the new voice? I, there's a part of me that wants to know more, but I don't know how much. It, it honestly might be a prank, but it seemed like Eric checked it out, seemed convincing enough. So if somebody's pranking us, it's like a pretty good prank. Did How much money did you have to send them first? Was it like one of these <laughs> Yeah, to, to do radio in the worst part of the North, Northeast, I had to pay them. Um, before we get into our state rankings, uh, let's go, guys. I, I I have quick stuff from all our sponsors, so let's do them quick. I'm gonna say their name. You guys do the noises, and then I'll give the thing that we're doing for them. Mm. All right. Uh, Deathwish Inc. Chomp chomp. Tom, can you do better than the chomp chomp noise? Oh, Whoa, pretty good. Thanks. That was good. That's, I was doing that's the second lady, which was Boston. Oh, see, Aerosmith. he connected it. Ooh, meta, meta. Uh, Deathwishink.com. Uh, we're going to reckon, reckon, we're going to reckon, we're going to uh, direct you to. <laughs> we're going to reckon you buy We're going to reckon you go hey, to Deathwishink.com. Go to, uh, we want you to check out the band Chastity. Uh, new Deathwish signing. They have a bunch of apparel. They have some new tunes, not a ton, but a few new tunes, as well as some prior releases on captured tracks. So go check all that out. Um, Deathwishing.com. Check out the band Chastity. Next up, I told you, this is going to be rapid fire. Uh, let's do To Live a Lie. Oh, yeah. See, this is this is why I came to both of you. I wanted the double, the double up. Uh, to live a lie, to live a lie.com. They have some new announcements. The one that they made was that they are repressing the Crom LP, which is pretty cool. Um, they have another one that's near and dearish to a couple hosts of Axe to Grind's Hearts, maybe from North Carolina that has not been announced, but maybe this tease is enough. It's kind of mm. interesting. Uh, but it's not Man It's a Bastard. No, it's some North Even Carolina. Even though Pat thinks they're from North Carolina. Yeah, yeah, that's right. right, right. I forgot about Pat thinking they're from. Uh, but I, also, t- I told you that was going to be my bit for a while, was to say everything was from North Carolina, but I just can't stick with the bit. I know, I know. Um, but what you can also do is order the Peace Test LP, Backslider LP, and the new No Comply Compilation LP. So Hell check yeah. all those out. No no, no rest for To Live a Lie. They got a lot going on. To Live a Lie.com. Next up, Closed Casket Activities. Nice. I like that. Um, guys, what just came out on the Friday before this comes out? The new Vein LP. Mm. Uh, it's sort of everywhere. And it's one of those things where it's like, oh, yeah, like 
I've been seeing it. I, I said this to uh, the proprietor of Close Casket that I'm seeing it in some of the most different type of people's like stories and you know not the typical so uh everybody needs to check out the vein this world is going to ruin you lp uh just came out should be everywhere on streaming and you can still order the lp on cloudy swamp so uh yeah it it looks as though he's gone through um approximately one bajillion copies of this record (laughs) already so uh kind of cool close casket activities.com last certainly not least run for cover records um hold on let's see um whoa oh nice <laughs> all right Man. we had a scary ghost and a little okay this is pretty good uh two quick ones um uh, the drug church one step closer run for cover recording artist one step closer uh tour has just begun uh patrick really quick why does the tour start in sacramento greatest little city in north america because it can only go uphill from there that's that's reno though that's reno yeah, <laughs> yeah reno I mean, is sacramento reno he, he loves seven seconds and all yeah, places he's like ah it's a tahoe you know whatever seven seconds hoods it's it, it it's you know whatever deftones you got far maybe jonah will come out to the show oh jonah, you're, you're invited to the show um so that tour is going on. Uh, Anxious just announced the Boston Manor tour, which starts sometime next month. So check that out. Another full U.S. following up their Knuckle Puck tour. And the Young Gov, Gov 3 LP, comes out on March 11th. Uh, they have some California shows that weekend. So, you know, this weekend coming up when you hear this. So everybody Gov should 3. check 0. that out. Yeah, Gov 3.0. 3.0. So uh, if you haven't looked at this um, and you're curious, Ben Cook has a very prolific catalog. If you want to look at the Young Gov Discogs, I strongly recommend it. You'll be shocked at how much music this dude has released. Um, it's cool and uh, daunting, but also really cool when you go through and see like He's been releasing stuff as Young Gov or Young Governor since 2008. Mm. Jeez. Didn't I know that? Credit to him, uh, especially some of those records. He actually did this 7-inch called Summer Girl that an artist did the record did the the the, the, the record with and did a, like a 100-page um, art book with it. And I actually oh, wow. bought it. I bought it from the dude who put it out as he was walking out of generation records, like it's somebody we had communicated somehow. And I'm like, Hey, are you whatever his name was? Excuse me for forgetting. It was a long time ago. He's like, yeah. And he was here from Spain. I was like, Oh, did you put this out? And he's like, yeah. He's like, I have some, do you want one? I was like, yeah, I'll buy it right now. So, uh, shout out to that. Shout out to young gov, gov three, everybody go check it out in California this weekend. Thank you to our sponsors guys. What's up? How you doing? How we feeling? I'm, in California always makes me so fucking happy. Uh, took the train across the United States, uh, ended up, uh, you know, when somebody just chews your ear off, uh, Tom, this would be the time that you say, no, not familiar with that. Never heard not of familiar that, with that at all. <laughs> <laughs> so a guy just punished me in a way that made me question myself for the rest of my life. Because mm. if I punish people the way this motherfucker was punishing me, then I'm a, I'm a, 
pill to be around. This dude was brutal. And he talked to me for hours without any, no self-awareness, zero self-awareness that it might be time to, you know, we're good for today. Just kept going. From where to where? From Chicago to Los Angeles. Like, did he wake for you? Like, did he like keep looking until your eyes open that morning and, you know, morning off and you're like, hey, Rumi. And hey, hey that's, pal. Yeah. Hey, new friend. It was. Well, have you ever I'm sure that you guys uh, as uh, the cop looking white guys uh, have the experience mm-hmm. that somebody will say something like that they think is appropriate to say in front of you, but you're not with it. You yeah, know? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, he wasn't doing that. He was kind of doing the the inverse of that where he was like not outwoking me, but out hating the U S me. And like, it's like, man, I look not for nothing. I mean, you're both I, in I, coach across the country. You, you that's what, but I, it's like, also I've been involved in punk music for fucking however long now. What, what are you going to, you're going to blow my mind on some fucking uh, foreign policy shit. You know what I'm saying? Like it's it's like well, come on, dog. Like you're an engineer. I I I'm I'm sure that I've uh, absorbed more fucking like Chomsky than you have or whatever. Like I know the deal. Yes, it's not good when we bomb people. I'm very aware. But it was like he had nobody to talk to about these things. About the current events of a, a wait, possible wait. war. Was he an employee or was he? No, no, no. He okay. he was, no, not an engineer like that. An engineer like, you know, he, he's uh, splitting the atom or whatever the fuck an engineer does. Oh, so he was like a relatively intelligent, like, you didn't get yeah, punished by like some rant. Like, I mean, it's a random, Tom, but it's like someone who Tom, this made to me this made me wish that the guy that works at the smoke shop and his only interest is playing Call of Duty it makes me wish that that dude was punishing me because this dude was educated, but felt superior. And I mm. want to be like, we're both on a train, moron. Shut up. Right. You didn't Shut get up. a room. You giant loser. You didn't get a room. You're sitting next to me. Yeah, ex- exactly. Coach like, for 30 hours across the country. Right. I do this as a sociological experiment. You're here by choice. It, it, it was rough. I, I felt drained. Tom, uh, when does the sociological experiment end? The fifth trip the sixth trip where do we where do we call it where it's just like i mean i don't i don't know how fucking empirical he needs to make this shit i think (laughs) i think maybe once is enough bro like i mean like you know what you're seeing you just i mean i i think you just like i mean you like you like pain and you're afraid to go to like a dom or something so you just (laughs) well i'm training i want to do uh, the Indian rail- Railway, which everybody says is wildly uncomfortable. So th- this is this is me training. Got it. Got it. Let's. Oh, that that makes total fucking nonsense. That <laughs> makes sense to you. Okay. <laughs> no, not at all. Not at all. So I, I want to see you hanging off the side of one of the, the like the Darjeeling. Yeah. Or something. Yes. yes. Yeah. Would love to. Yes. That's the that's the next. That's what you got to you got to start doing push evolution. like pull ups, bro. Never mind like sitting for distance you got to like be able to like hang on to a moving vehicle for several hours yeah no i'm I, listen i'm there's a lot of different types of training that i'm uh, undergoing it's like the beginning of batman that first batman begins that's me mm, mm. <laughs> <Wow>. um <laughs> cool so i hope you break it back all right anyway uh really quick to uh the before we get into the hardcore nonsense that we do, there was a bit more of an 80s throwback than Mosh Madness today. 
in a way, kind of, where the uh, world's spotlight is on uh, on on our friends to the east uh, and the Ukraine situation. We were asked about this, and I mean, I actually I am curious where you guys are at. I, I think it's obviously pretty awful, um, and. The one thing that I've seen as a positive is that I have seen a lot of the back and forth social media rhetoric and people making the, yes, yes, support Ukraine, but, yeah, and that's, I, I have to say, that's the wrong energy, everyone. It's the wrong energy. Well, but on the other side, uh, the, 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 the silver lining, I have seen people who've been posting the, you know, it's okay not to post about things you don't know about and you don't have to have a stance on everything. It's okay if you don't know what's going on to not feel pressured to post stuff. Yeah. Most people and, don't know foreign policy and don't really know what the hell's going on. Which, and yes. that's cool to be like, nope, don't get it. Yes. But that's for almost anything. I mean, yes. I think anyone with a heart sees it. It's awful to see. It's awful. Uh, well, Ukrainian it, people, it, toughest people in the world. Yeah, yeah, they they took the championship. There's no going back. If if someone tried to do that in New York, we would be so fucked. Yeah, no, it's a joke. We would have no chance. Even the tough guys are not built like that. It's uh, it's a joke. Yeah, and I Uh, think the one thing to see that I took out of this too, so like thought and love and all you know for anyone who's listening in the Ukraine, I have friends that have family that are still there, and they're like, oh yeah, like. They had to drop off their kids here, and then they went back to Kiev to fight. And it's like, fucking hell, man. Like, I could not imagine, like, you know, Bob being like, all right, we're going to drop the kids off somewhere in Baltimore where it's safe, and then I got to go back to fucking Asbury Park to fight. Like, that's yeah. just, like, beyond comprehension. And, like, as, a, as a, a civilian, not even someone who's in an armed forces, the thing that I found, and I think, you know, the fact that, like, all these folks in, in Russia are also protesting. Yes. Like that kind of gives, you know, like shows like the world, like, yo, like it's all about like the full, you know, like the oligarchs and all these other, no, none of the fucking, none of us want to fight. Nobody wants to fight. It's all these other, the higher ups of the assholes that want us to go to war. Like nobody wants to fight. Yeah. No, listen, it's just, it's people that want to leave their mark on history because they're malignant, malignant narcissists. It's, it's a. it's ugly all the way around. I, I don't have a ton to say on this. Uh, I think that uh, I agree with Bob. It, it is perfectly valid to uh, believe that there's a hypocrisy going on, perhaps even a racial one, which uh, I yes. actually, to be honest, I think that's undeniable. I yeah. think that uh, th- there's a thing 100%. going on right now where uh, many in the West have been trained through media and, uh, you know, in fairness, through through recent history to kind of see uh, the the plight of specifically Africans and Arabs mm-hmm. as uh, that's their natural state. And when we see it happening to whites, there's a deeper panic of some type. There's a, there's a, Oh, that's not supposed to happen. Now that's that obviously that's a historical, but most of us aren't a uh, hundred years old. So we haven't seen uh, and particularly if we're in North America, we haven't seen the type of, uh, uh, conflicts that uh, people prior to us have. So anyway, the point is, there's definitely a hypocrisy here when people get bent out of shape over uh, Ukraine and not Yemen. Yes, it's hypocrisy. However, uh, you do not get people to care about Yemen by calling them 
stupid hypocrites. <laughs> like, that's just not how that works. So uh, but two things can be true. There can be a level of hypocrisy or even kind of like an ambient racism to things. Uh, and also uh, pointing it out at the exact wrong time will not change anyone's mind about anything. These two things can be true. Yes. All right. Before we get into this 80s mosh madness, can I ask you fellows a question, personal opinion? Of course. Is Sepultura cool? No. Okay, (laughs) we got one yes, one no. Okay. Here's the reason I ask. I like Chaos AD a lot. Uh, I don't necessarily care for the thrash and then death thrash stuff before it, I guess, right? And Roots has a lot of corniness on it. Uh, but Chaos AD is the, like, I've discovered probably like the, the, yeah, that's spot. the one, right? Yeah. It's, well, it's not the one if you're like a proper metalhead, but it, it's uh, beneath no, the remains, the beneath arise, oh, arise, and then yeah, beneath, beneath the, the remains, remains arise, yeah. and then yeah. I, I don't even know what the first one is called, but schizophrenia. But, that's and that's when they're go. more like thrash metal, right? That's right. Now, the reason I ask this is because Eric and I have watched <laughs> Sepultura at Pink Pop, uh, 1996, uh, uh, on YouTube like 11 times and it is the coolest I've the guitarist is the single coolest looking human being I've ever seen. He, uh, Andreas Cavalera. No, no, no. Andreas Kisser. I want to say his name is, oh, is that right? Sorry. Yeah. Uh, so still, in he, it, look, he looks way. like he's playing in the almond brothers. His hair is magnificent. Like it's not metal guy hair at all. It's rock hair. It's seventies rock hair. And he looks, he's got a thick neck and he looks fucking raw and he looks great. And mean, you know, Max looks like he's uh, just like his dumpster diving outside of Gilman, but the, the, uh, uh, and Igor looks like he's uh, playing in Madball. but uh, it is, they, they genuinely look pretty cool. And, I'm watching this and it's not a cool crowd. It's a festival crowd. So it's like pretty clueless human beings, but they're having a great time. And it got me thinking about Sepultura as an entity. And if there is, if we punish them for maybe being too open-minded because they went through like four different types of metal during their career. And is it worth punishing them for having bad for periods where they were latching onto things that we think are bad, or is it just okay to say the good stuff exists is frozen in Amber or Amber rather, and is, uh, is still Amber. really good. Let me go in first. Please. Real quick. I gave my gut reaction. You know what the problem is? I connect Sepultura to Pantera and I'm wrong. There's no reason okay. to other than shared fan base. Well, you um, could sh- you could link them very directly to Corn and that and nobody on this particular podcast is like a is I a, do not like Corn. Is a Corn fan. But, so. but let me be clear here. I don't really like Pantera. I definitely don't like Corn and I don't really like Sepultura. However, when we just went through and went oh, Arise beneath the remains uh with Chaos AD, I'm like, "Oh yeah. I'm not bothered or even offended by any of those." And when I've listened to them, I'm like fine with it. I have a weird knee-jerk reaction to some of that because of the fan base from when I was a kid and be like, oh, 
this is like chode shit, you know? Um, so that's my, that's on me. And to be real, everybody I know who's had any interaction with Cavaleras has had nice things to say. And yeah, that's a fact. And had really positive things to say with their interactions as well as like, Ba ba ba, all their stuff. So, yo, that's not fair of me to go. No, they're not cool. I think they actually are cool. They're just not shit I care about, even in the slightest or like. Is that? I think that's a more fair way to put it out into the world. Do you think that is, Tom? Uh oh. I mean, I think. I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I think those first four records, like KSAD, changed hardcore. Yeah, that's really what I guess is resonating with me on. Like, yeah, I was just I listening to it disagree. the last few days, and I was like, what is that about? oh, hate, I wouldn't hate, hate Breed loves this. Do you know what I mean? Marauder yeah, loves like this. That, that style came from that. Yes. You know, yep, like, yep. And, I mean, the Roots is a pretty new metal record, and that's yeah, where very. I was like, I'm out. Like, it wasn't even like a gradual, like, I don't know about this. I'm like, fuck this. I don't like this at all. Yes. I never really pay attention. I, I feel like that might have been the last record with all of them. Yeah, it was. Oh, and then... Uh, yeah, I mean, it it's funny. Like the guy from like Outface from Cleveland is the singer in Sepultura. Yep. Like Weird. Derek Green, he's like a hardcore dude. So it's like uh, we have a really easy connection between Civ and Sepultura now, huh? Pretty much. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think those earlier records are like all-time thrash, like classics. Like Arise is like insane, insane. And I think. Um, yeah, KS ideas where people stole riffs. No one yeah. stole riffs before that because no one could really do it. <laughs> yeah, so so they start they start to dumb things down a little bit uh, on KS AD because they're going for some really fucking heavy mosh parts, and those are stealable. Yeah, and like you know, Igor is like an insane drummer. Insane. Um, Max loves like loves nails, loves full, oh, yeah. loves hardcore. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Like they're all you know like. They're all fucking legit, you know. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, I think they're cool. Like, I if would I go see a full Sepultura reunion? Absolutely. Oh, true. Okay. Well, right now they do Cavalera Conspiracy, which is Max and his brother who hadn't played together in forever, mm-hmm. and they do Sepultura songs. One would think, yeah. Um, it's a weird, weird band history in a way because, I mean, metal ba- metal bands are really the only bands that can lose very visible prominent frontmen and continue you know it's really yeah, and they odd. still do like well yeah i mean i don't know it, it, they put out i i watched a uh, i don't know he had a thick accent he might have been he might have been brazilian or he might have been eastern european uh do a extensive look at all like 20 <laughs> of the sepultura records of which he dismisses Almost all of them, all but four, and and uh, it it was fascinating hearing like a real Sepultura heads perspective uh, on this stuff because he was he did what we try to do, which is oh you put out a late period record, I think it's going to stink, but I'm going to walk into it with an open heart and see I if mean, there's not, and give he was it the able honest to, try, right? Yeah, and he was able to recognize good tracks, which is all I'm asking for from anybody, you know? But wow, they uh, had more records. With Derek than they did with yes, one two three wild. four five, wild six six records with Derek one two three four six and six actually 
So that's where I get to honestly with bands. And I think this is a uh, topic for another day is we, we, we talk about bands and you, you go with that, like what's your overall feeling, whatever. And it's, to me, it's like, hey, the highs are what you want to judge someone by. Like, what is your best? What have you done when you've been the best? And how how much has that meant? And that's that feels good. You know what I mean? Like, but then there is a part of me that wants to keep in mind, like, the holistic picture of it. You know, like, I don't want to ignore your new effort because in the reverse, if you ignore their new effort and dismiss it, well, maybe it's good, or maybe it's pretty good, or maybe it's actually like, whoa, revelatory, really good. Um, we've seen this happen. You know, we've seen this happen with bands kind of outside the hardcore sphere, hardcore punk sphere. We've seen it happen sometimes with bands in the hardcore punk sphere. Uh, certainly you see it in metal a bit. But if you totally dismiss, if you go, hey, this band's catalog was from you know, uh, I only care about AF up to victim or up to cause for alarm, and that's it. You know, well, that's a really good band. Uh, Liberty and Justice is a really, really good record. It's very serviceable. You know, like th- there's a, some more AF stuff after from there on where you can find stuff. We listened yeah. to that one AF record from a couple years back, uh, and it was good it's just that it's not victim in pain right it'll never be and that's right and and so like and you can miss stuff so i don't ever want to judge a band only and and do the hey they have more bad records than good that can be said it just doesn't undercut the good if that makes sense yeah because i mean like then you know bands that stick around get you know shit on but the band that put out one great four-song seven-inch in 1983 still gets all the praise, while someone who puts out a record, you know, every couple of years that have probably three or four good songs on it get shit. I yeah. mean, like sick of it all. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like if they stopped that blood, sweat, no tears, or stop whatever. I mean, they had a good run, so you can't really. They're a tough. No, run. but you're you're not wrong with where you're going. But if they stopped, they're like built to last. Or scratches, whatever. I want to say this. If they stop at Blood, Sweat, No Tears, I'll say this. They're legend status. That's the Age of Quarrel to most people. It, it, it's, it's put in the canon with Age of Quarrel, um, Victim in Pain. And like people have their different takes. I know people who don't. We, we both know people who don't like Age of Quarrel. We both know people who don't like Victim in Pain. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, I don't like them. Yeah, yeah, same. But, <laughs> I think they're idiots. But, but, I mean, how but, do the Chromeyes get a pass? I don't think they do. Uh, but you yeah. never hear people go like, ah, man, should have hung it up after. Like, those ma- records don't even get, like, almost held against them. Those well, last they get, they get, records before Revenge are terrible. Near Death Experience, Alpha Omega. I terrible. Mean, think about this. There's people who ride for that. It's really weird to me. Are so they doing I don't- that to be, like, contrarians, though? <sighs> to so, be the guy that likes Alpha Omega more than, like... Like Age of Quarrel, best wishes, fantastic. Yep. But are you saying like, yo, man, fucking the weird rappy with all the f- the flanger on John's voice is like what you're here for? No, you're not. You're lying. <laughs> you're lying. I, I, when when that started to come in as like a thing that people would say was like, I really like this record. 
my my go-to was you're crazy or two maybe you just like this band so much you're trying to like dig the well deeper you know what i mean and like you've burned yourself out on the actual good material because i know i can at least relate to that experience right like yo i love this band so much but I can only play that record so so often. Let me explore the rest of the catalog. Right, you go. You, hey, know? you know, this isn't as bad as you think. Yeah, yeah. So you're. That's the. But you. But it's not moving be, up the fucking. It's not moving up the chart. No, it shouldn't be. So and I don't do. Well, speaking and, and, of the Chromax, yes. Did you happen to see what happened last weekend? Of course, we should talk about this, Patrick. We did, talk about it. did you see any of the footage from the two Cold World shows in New York City? I saw zero footage. Uh, that's not true. I saw, I guess, an Instagram story or two. Yeah, um, I, I, would, I saw zero footage. I'm like, did you lose your phone? Because it was everywhere. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I saw a couple, a, uh, a couple people were at it. Both shows were sold out. Market Hotel was fully sold out, and it looked like Sardines. That's the Friday night one, yeah. um, which is the bigger of the two venues by a lot, and it was absolutely yeah. wild. It looks completely crazy. Um, they had Jason Tarpey from Eternal Champion. Uh, Iron Age, Far From Eternal Breaking, Warrior. Eternal Warrior. Um, <laughs> he joined them on stage to sing Down But Not Out, the Chromag song on Friday night. Mark Porter from Floor Punch, uh, World War Four, some other stuff, jumped up and sang Always from Floor Punch. Uh, but then on Saturday night, Tom, who who showed up? Um, so they did Down But Not Out. Yep. With the original singer, Harley Flanagan. Oh. Came in... I- Saw no footage of that weird. Like, How did you wow. not see that? I'll send it to you because Morgado sent me eighteen different. Like it was like this is a Pruder film. <laughs> yes, it was like here's another angle. Back I'm like, oh, to I, the left. Yeah, um, he comes in, no shirt on, no bass, obviously. Yeah, in yeah. shorts, plays a song. Not a ton of people know it, and literally walks off stage, walks right out the door. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah, Only hopefully he like brought a jacket. Only heard positive feedback. Uh, heard heard it was really good. He sounds good in the video. He looks yeah. good. Oh, yeah. Looks energetic. He's, a, uh, mad, had, he's re- a monster. Had really positive energy towards all those Cold World dudes, too, it seemed like. Um, both Kept hugging stage. Arthur. If that's his dude. Done, I think Arthur's uh, produced both of the, not both, but most of the recent Harley slash Cro-Mags material. Oh, okay. Which is awesome. And that's why he went and he just kind of showed up. And I think that they had let him know, like, yo, we covered down, but not out. And I don't have the full details, but um, kind of amazing. So big shout out. I was excited because all, all cards on the table. I know people love Cold World. I know people really fuck with Cold World. However, I didn't know what... How what the rollout would be like, you know, like how many people are going to show up and then how much because I thought both shows had good lineups. I thought they did a great job. I'm pretty sure the band had full control of the other bands who played. I thought they did a real good job with that. But I was like, oh, I wonder what the re- the reaction was bonkers. It was yeah. it was the uh, everybody in the crowd knows every single word and is singing along whole set, you know, um, to the point where the covers were sort of like the dips. <laughs> yeah. Which um, is both a weird feeling and probably a, a nice feeling uh, if if it's your band in the like oh everybody knows our songs cool right better than a song on best fucking wishes 
Yeah. So yeah. shout out, shout out to that show. Shout out to Cold World. Shout out to Harley, the resident New York City resident of the uh, Chromex. The, the last remaining Chromex member. <laughs> no, it's not true. Not not true. But he's the last, he's the singer. Him and Eric Casanova still live in New York. True. Shout out to Eric Casanova. Um, that poor. I hope he's doing okay. Yeah. Yeah, um, he used to be like, yeah, we 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 met him, not met him. He was houseless in like Williamsburg. Was he? Yeah, like and like one day someone's like, yo, that's Eric Casanova. We're like, what? Oh. I mean, he was. Re- I mean, I think he's actually gotten help, thank God. But he was like real bad. Like he had been using like had like track more like really bad shape. Oh, so we'd always no. give him money. Yeah, but like, yeah, I think he got into some. Hopefully he got help, but like, yeah, like you wouldn't, I mean, he like a nondescript, like, you know, yeah, someone who's into, you know, was using substances and like just living out and uh, on the, like the, uh, when you get off the, 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 the BQE near, like, uh, I think it's Metropolitan Avenue. Like he'd be uh-huh. there. It's like, fuck man. Like, and then you'd see like these other dudes making money off the shit and be like, God, you, you can't throw this dude anything. Uh, it's a cruel world sometimes. So, it really is. It's gross, but hopefully he's doing okay. So yeah, shout out, shout out to, uh, shout out to the New York hardcore old guys who are, uh, maybe not, not living well. Just for whatever hardcore you got to remember is a place of all sorts of people who've got their issues one way or the other. Um, yeah, we need you to stick around though. You're our history, so we need yeah, you to stay true. around. That's true. So, um. Speaking to that, guys, today we are doing another episode of 80s Mosh Madness as we continue into our tournament of listening. Um, Yo, Pat, bring that beat back. How's it go? Uh, hold on. Well, I'm, I'm, you're not going to do it with your mouth. No, no I, can, I can do it. You go for it, Pat. Let's hear how you would do it. Uh, yeah, I would do it. Uh, well, he does bet, bet, bet. I would do it. I would do da, da, da. I would go do 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 You see, there's no percussion in Pat and Bob's. Yeah, Pat seems like he's doing like a baseline. Yeah, Pat might be just the tom, like roto toms. Yeah, I'm trying to assimilate the entire drum Catch it. I just like I just I go with the. The low end guys. So, um, Take that 80s, mosh, walk. Yeah. <laughs> 80s mosh madness. Uh, as we know, uh, any episode of Axe Grind can be someone's first episode. So, welcome. Thank you. And if you're hearing this, this is a simulation of a March Madness NCAA style tournament. The goal isn't to make people feel bad or etc. The goal is to expose people to music and talk about records that maybe don't get the shine they do. This is the 1980s hardcore punk version. Guys, today's matchups. <clears throat> Infest Slave up against instead Bonds of Friendship. And Descendants Milo Goes to College up against Token Entry Jaybird. Where do we start? Let's do uh, them in that order. Let's do infest. Infest uh, instead. Yes. Sure. Okay. Before infest. we get started, uh, overall thoughts on the listening experience of these four records. I was familiar with all four. 
Um, uh, I was two of four. I mean, I've heard all, but I'm intimately familiar with two of four and n- knew one of the others, and the other uh, has kind of always been on the fringe for me. Got it. I actually, uh, nobody would ever uh, assume I'm an infest guy, but it was actually the record that I know the best of these. Mm. That actually makes sense. I guess. I, I, I given mean, the, I lo- the four bands. Yeah, given the four bands. I have a lot. That's I have how I listen to Token Entry. I have a lot to say about kind of how infest is uh, looked at. Mm. Um, but I, I, this was a very academic listen for me. Uh, I, I didn't enjoy much, you know, like I, I more kind of uh, uh, took it in trying to try to find things that are of interest to me, but uh, it wasn't like I was bopping. Okay. Uh, I had, I ended up in this listen kind of looking for weird angles on these records and finding some things that felt very of the time and a bit out of time uh, to today's today's you know typical hardcore sound. Um, and I also think the labels that put these records out are all really fascinating and, and we'll we'll kind of sidebar into that as we talk about each of them. How about you, Tom? Yeah, I mean, listening to it, you know, you have like, I went into two of these records going like, no, I like this. And I was like, by the end, I was like, I don't think I like this. Ooh, okay, great. (laughs) It was one of those things that it was like, no, no, of course I like so-and-so and and -and so-and-so. And And then I listened to it and I'm like, do I like the idea of so-and-so and and -and so-and-so more than I actually like the records tom i can't wait to talk about it because there was a couple uh, there's two of these records where they started out in such a way that i said uh pleasantly surprised and then what felt like three and a half hours later i go uh never again there were Uh, two records here that are like foundational arguments for why most hardcore records should be eps big fact yeah no (laughs) that's not wrong that's not wrong Oh, so let's just dive in. Infest Slave and instead Bonds of Friendship. Um, let's talk about Infest first. So Infest Slave released by Off the Disc Records, a label from Switzerland uh, released in 1988. Now, it was reissued by, I believe, uh, um, Deep Six, I think. Let me see. Uh, later in the 90s. Um, and it's a, uh, yeah, Deep Six draw blank etc um the off the disc records cover is incredible the draw blank um deep six cover is very much what you think of black and white stark photo infest etc the off the disc records um i don't know if either of you have it or can describe it would like would one of you like to try fantasy horror art yeah, like someone who was like, you know what I love? H.R. Geiger. I can't totally pull that off, but here's what I'm going to do. Can't totally pull it off, Bob. I can't remotely pull it off, but I'm going to do it. And I'm better than I'm better than a notebook drawing of H.R. Geiger. So I'm going to I'm going to give it a go. That's that's I was trying to be kind. I think you put it well. It's sort of like um, that's random uh, horror. Yeah. Horror movie aliens from the 60s. Uh, with weird protrusions sucking on a weird punk guy who also has a face in his chest. This is my preferred infest. I, I want this to be your experience looking at the cover. It's so yeah, weird. It's so I can, weird. 
Uh, yeah, it's it's definitely a fun oddity. Yeah, but the so, other ones are so of the genre. Yes, like defining essentially. You know, like but I don't know, know if they defined or they were just part of it. <sighs> well, um, okay, well, hold on, wait. This is the most important topic we're going to talk about today, in my view. What genre are Ukraine. they? What genre? <laughs> what genre is infest? Um, it's hardcore. Fucking, yeah, it's hardcore. It's hardcore. However, they a are a little faster. They are yes, they are the fastest hardcore can get before it's power violence and power violence is a version of hardcore um it's a like sliver of it but like if you if somebody wanted to be like oh infest is like power violence i'd be like all right i'm not mad at you like i'm not okay. mad what you said we're not, like but, you said today but like a half step faster yeah yeah no, you you put it on 45 instead of 33 honestly it sounds Fucking so close to negative FX after like going from one to the other for the, this exercise. I was like, this is thank you. Uh, so we're not going to fight about anything because if you no. said it, I didn't expect you to say this is power violence, but no. I expected there to be some type of nod to it. Mm-hmm. This is not power violence. I like I, I again, I'm in the same place you are. I'm not trying to arbitrate fucking what is and what isn't power violence. I don't really care. But this is really fundamentally no different than that negative FX record we listened to. Fundamentally. Uh, the, the, the fundamental differences are not in speed and we'll get into it, but no, you, tempo is not, the drums are a beat faster, but not, it's not enough to, to, to try to, to parse in that where I find differences in the sound is in the guitar and we can, we can go there momentarily. Okay. I, I will allow for all that. They're their own band for sure. That's fine. Absolutely but, coming from the Boston hardcore, uh, you know, like so much X-Clan. that I, yeah. I was kind of like blown because honestly, all of those bands have like one song that is like <clears throat> decidedly mid tempo and you have to either love it or hate it. So does fucking Infest. You know what I mean? Like, like oh, it was, and, and they go, you know, the only thing they do that the Boston bands don't totally do uh, is they dirge a bit. But otherwise, mm. no. Yeah. The, OK, I, I might as well start there. What Infest does differently than the Exclaim Records counterparts from Boston? Because I think they're the first to say, yo, they're nodding at all that. They're like, this is what's up. They're like, SSD, DYS, uh, Jerry's Kids, uh, Negative Effects for sure, Deep Wound, Siege. That's our shit. That's what we're about. That's where they get their sound. What they do different. It's something that's super fundamental. The Boston hardcore bands, in their guitars, they are always nodding at big guitar riffs from the 70s. Yes, and they couldn't always do it. I don't think Infest does it once on this entire record. What Infest does instead is looks at, I believe, thrash metal of the early, like thrash, early thrash, and like more sharp guitar sound of the like 84 era thrash sound. And I don't think they're trying to rip that, but they're just going, Hey, we're pulling from metal, but not seventies. We're going to go eighties. And this is where I, on this list. And I was like, Oh, okay. It's harder edged, but I would not call this. This is not metal music at all. I think no. one of the things infest did was <sighs> this is pure theory. And I'm spitting it as we talk. I think Infest looked at what happened with hardcore in the early 80s, first wave, and saw, holy shit, hardcore punk was the most extreme music. 
and then metal snatched that and took it for a few years with some of the the more aggressive thrash stuff this was infest going no nah, we're going to take that back and doing the most extreme music version that they could um and i think they were trying to go hey in 1985 86 87 many of the biggest metal bands were faster if not just as fast than the biggest you know punk or hardcore bands any argument no i think that's no, fair that all tracks and then infest kind of was like hey we're going to go we're we're going to tune it up a little bit we're going to go a little faster and i think they have just enough <clears throat> in terms of like they dirge they have some really hard parts they do kind of like just like sneaky hard guitar riffing all across that if somebody said, hey, how do you get a kid even in 2020 uh, into 22 into like fast, fast hardcore? This would be a record I'd be like, yo, like it's it's manic and crazy enough. Plus, I think there's just enough in the guitar that unless you're coming from, you know, uh, hair metal, metal core, you know, like you could find some shit here. Like if you're into heavier shit, hard mosh stuff, you could come to this record and be like, okay, I can fuck with this. I agree. And it's got the most ridiculous vocals to make Ray Capo sound like Civ. <laughs> yeah. They're amazing. But like the first time you hear it, you're like, what the fuck is happening? Yo, so so I think I have a weird in one. This is this is like, uh, you know, this was one of my favorite records as a seventeen year old. Like, I loved it. Full stop. Um, when I think about skateboarding, I think about this record because I can't do a trick on a skateboard. But at one point, I could go really fast, and this is what I would listen to. Um. Because I would use like it every time you around. hear like sick fucking oh your ankle hurts a little bit. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm like I'm like well I'm gritting my teeth because right. that's what I would do when I'd skate. I'd just be like trying to go as fast and as hard as I could. Um, but that's but this record like I have to admit I haven't listened to it in a long time. Um, but as I was listening, I was like oh I know this record inside and out because I like I listen to this as much as I listen to Youth of Today at the time you know from like 16 17 18 i had a cassette so i ended up owning like one of the reissues of this shortly thereafter but my initial and most frequent listen to this band was having some weird gray cassette like with a dub of the lp on it and um Hey, what's up? My name's Lurk, and I'm the host of Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. Every week, I have in-depth conversations with bands from all over the scene, big and small. We also like to keep our finger on the pulse and showcase up-and-coming bands on the show as well. So come check out Lamgoat's Van Flip Podcast. And it it's just like, it's so angry and harsh in the cassette version. Like, having a dub of it felt really appropriate because it just sounded so noisy and screwed up. Sure. Um it just adds to these kind of songs. So, um, yeah, the, the vocals, you're hundred percent right. The vocals are totally ridiculous. I mean, like my first introduction was, this was probably like 1996. Mm-hmm. CR covered. Where's unity. Yep. Big exposure point. 
I mean, I was for a lot of people who were all like, yeah, what, yeah. what the fuck is it? Because, like, I mean, think about when Infest, like, broke up or whatever, and the early to mid-90s, like, mm-hmm. was Infest, like, everywhere? Not really. And I feel like CR kind of, like, by playing that song, like, and they recorded it for something. I don't know if it was on a Flexi or I think it's, yeah, it's on their Flexi. It's on the um the split. What's the split Flexi? It's uh, CR. 52X? No. Uh, no house? Maybe something like that. Anyways, anyway, yeah. Regardless, so um, but that was like my first intro. And then when we got the record, you know, like we had people making us tapes or whatever. Like, yeah, what yeah. the fuck is it? Like, yeah. And then there's like, but it's the same. It's the equivalent of like when you first hear hardcore, and you're like, I don't know what's going on. Yes. <laughs> this is like I like you to today, but I don't know what's going on with this. And but then like you 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 almost like your ears break get broken in. Yep. And then it makes sense. Yeah. So this, you're totally right. This Infest received a lot of love come the late 90s, like 97, 98, 99, because of that reissue, which happens in 97. I think CR was an entry point for me too, actually, uh, Tom, when I think yeah, about it. Was- I had that. I had... Yeah. CR stuff early and it was the no it was just a, it was a floppy seven inch it was a flexi and they covered where it's the unity yeah and it was just them um yeah and, and i think a lot of that like there was a lot of those bands that kind of crossed over with hardcore in the late 90s yep. it was like black army jacket and and there was like that uh nothing's quiet on the eastern front yeah Nothing yeah quiet. and the 625 scene like like you I mean, know, Spaz we can make still popular, obviously. Yeah, 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 but but like those bands, all of a sudden, were starting to commingle, if you will. Yes, and that's that what I mean. that that kind of that kind of helped open the door. And so then, when when there's a reissue of Infest in '97, this is a recurring thing we've hit on. Like when things get reissued or or CD version discographies got reissued in the the prior to digital age. Like yo, when those Youth of Today reissues came out. Weird. There was all of a sudden a youth crew revival. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like that's no surprise. It's it's these things are kind of connected. But I think that like, yo, Infest Slave is reissued in '97. Two or three years later, all of a sudden there's like a thrashcore thing popping off, and it's not like I wouldn't say, hey, this is the reason, but you see seeds being planted. You know. Um. So, anyways, this record to me, um, Tom. Let me go. Let me go back and forth with you, Tom. Yeah. Uh, this listen so far with the Mosh Madness stuff. Is this the angriest sounding record we've listened to? Um. Yeah, I mean, I'd have to put maybe, this up. maybe sick of it all. I guess. Yeah, I was gonna say blood, sweat, no tears, but other than that, by far. Okay, Patrick, is this the? Ooh, okay. Is this the hardest record we've listened to so far? Uh, at least tied, I would say. You know, okay. I'm st- look. I'm not trying to take anything away from Infest. I- I'm just obviously like, I guess a choke stand or whatever. But like, mm. I just for me, and I know this is not the exercise today is to compare this to negative negative FX. But like, I really felt like on this listen, I was like, all the DNA is there, but. I prefer the East Coast character. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I think that this is just as hard as anything we've listened to. Just, you know, but, or, or so as hard. So do you not catch the character off this record? Because I think I don't. I don't. Really? I, like, oh my God. Yeah, like it does not like, and we'll get into it 
on another record that uh, from this week, these just weren't, I did not feel that this one was the, uh, kind of personality plus <laughs> hardcore record that I would like it to be. Uh, th- but this brings me to my second talking point, which is if this is not your style of music, and to a lot of our listeners, this this might be this might be their first time listening to this. I know that this band has gone through ups and downs in terms of of people Mileage, talking. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. So let's say that somebody, let's say that a twenty five year old is going to listen to this for the first time on this episode, right? Mm-hmm. They are going to hear. It's going to be impossible for them to listen with a clean ear because they're going to hear every shitty local band that they can think of is present in infest because that's a lot of yes that's that's exactly right so like infest is good infest in the same way that if you don't like hate breed you listen to hate breed and you go what's special about this i've heard twenty thousand bands that do this and it's because they borrowed it from hate breed same thing with infest i i think that it is a very difficult band if this is not your style a very difficult band to listen to with a clean ear. Uh, I did my best because I was comparing it to actually older shit, not shit that it spawned, but I still found myself comparing it to stuff and thinking, yeah, I don't know. I just like these vocals don't do it for me in the way. And honestly, I, <laughs> I would like these drums to pop a little bit more for me. This production is not doing it. So though, not as bad as some of the bands we're going to talk about soon. Um, but yeah, I, for me, this is a very solid hardcore record that I revisit twice a year. So, I, I, the only, I, I can hear you on production stuff. Um, depending on what your leaning is, it would come raw. I think it's a pretty rough recording, but that's one of the things I like about it. I think, and the vocalist is Nunzio, I believe, right? Joe, yeah, Joe, yeah, Joe Denunzio, yeah. Um, Who's apparently got a crazy backstory that we don't necessarily need to go in on this. No, we don't need to get into. But yeah, he's, yeah, we don't. He's go been away. away. He's been away for the, a bit. You went to college for a thing? long time. Yeah, yes. you want to hear the funniest part of that? Eric was like, "I've never seen a band where I've never went gone to see a band where the singer had more undercover cop vibes." And the Yo, funniest part of undercover, yeah, he does. But the funniest part of that is that that's he that hasn't that. been his that hasn't been his trajectory. <laughs> So like, yes, correct. It's, it's just it's just an interesting thing to have that to have that kind of projection without that background. He's a giant Italian man, fan of Oakleys, uh, loves Oakleys, a, a, a color orange that doesn't exist in nature. That's a fact. Yes. P- before he even plays, he's very tan, and yeah. then he screams, and he's like a a red that. Yeah, and the microphone in his hand looks like a lollipop. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. He's yeah, like yeah. that big of a dude big that it's fella. just kind of like, oh, you're like cuffing this. Like it's not even like this microphone is. You look like you're playing with like Fisher Price's my first microphone. Like that's how big this dude is. And honestly, having seen them a few times, like incredible live, the vibe is insanity. If if they happen to play near you, even if you don't even listen to them, go see it. 
yeah, to me, that's the one thing I, I don't I don't take issue with you saying this, but I have always caught a lot of personality off the vocals. Um, yeah. And like I've to, an, always, to an extent that it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Like like it's like how crazy person. Yeah. Yeah. Like like it's I just see, I don't I don't think it I don't think it rises to the 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 capo level of lunacy, lunacy at all. I think I think capo sounds if you don't like Capo, Capo sounds like a pure cartoon. I, I don't think Joe Denunzio sounds like a pure so. Cartoon. So that's the thing. So here's the deal. Some people think of Infest vocals and think it's like cartoony, like like uh, like the like Cookie Monster style. But we're now so far deep into post death metal that that it seems not. Where where he catches me is when he goes into the fast and like. His growls come off really authentic. This this recording, somebody could probably correct us, hundred percent. But the way the vocals come off is, it's like this guy was in. They they recorded vocals. They probably couldn't do it one shot all the songs. But it sounds like he just went in, ripped it, and was like, "All right, I did that song. Next, you know what I mean?" Yeah, that's true. Yeah. So I I think it sounds pretty unchained. Um, this record comes out in nineteen eighty eight. I think that's important. Because around it, there's not too much else that sounds just like this. No comment crossed out. That's a little like sort of similar, but a little after actually. Um, right. This is in a, dead in the middle of the youth crew. Correct. And these dudes are aware of the youth crew and aware of Playing all that stuff. Them. Yes, correct. Oh, I mean, yo, so so a little note here. One, this band played with like Chain of Strength and all that stuff. Uh, backing vocals on this record, Jeff Banks, the guitar player of Chorus of Disapproval. Mm. There you go. So these dudes were from the IE Inland Empire, which I think again adds to the, the sound. Um, this is one of the more off the chain records. Like <clears throat> in the late 80s, and Patrick, you're funny because you aren't totally a victim of this. And I know that you. You don't dislike this record. You, you think it's a solid hardcore record. As you said, you'll throw it on twice a year. There's a strain of people who maybe they were into the late 80s, like Youth Crew stuff, the Rev stuff, and then got turned off of it for whatever. This is one of the main go-tos to go like, hey, I, I like some of the, I like energetic, fast, hardcore, but not that. And they'll go to this. They'll go to the Life's Blood 7-inch. They'll go to like the early Born Against material. Um. There's just there's just something on this record that I just feel like it is straightforward, stripped down hardcore, but is purely unique because of what it does. It takes that Boston sound, turns it turns the speed up just a touch, and then the guitar sound is a little rougher yeah, and more, it, it does, more, it more throat ripping. It doesn't go. It doesn't go cock rock at all. There's one no. guitar solo on this whole fucking record, and Correct. it lasts. It lasts no time. Uh, they're not. They're not trying to wow anybody with technical wizardry. It, it's. Uh, I think that if you, yeah, look, I'm not taking anything away from this record for the for the record. This is if you love hardcore. This, this is a record. Do you know what I mean? Like, like if yeah. you love, like, like you want to turn something on and like you're driving a shit box car and you want to drive it fucking too fast to your shit job. That this is a fucking hardcore record undeniably good hardcore record i just hopefully commute is only about 18 minutes or so yeah <laughs> that's a fact 
Uh, also, I got to give this record credit for a style of music that can become very taxing over long stretches, like LP stretch length stretches, et cetera. Mm-hmm. This isn't, this does not abuse our ears in that way. This is like a totally listenable record that uh, clocks in at 20 minutes, just under like 19 something. And it's, you know, song lengths, none of them are long, but they do vary. And the, the I don't know. I, I honestly found this to be, even though it's rougher on anybody's on, it's rougher. on This is the roughest record on anyone's ears speaking uh, broadly about like actual sound. Right. And it was more listenable to me than uh, much of what we're actually, this was the most listenable record <laughs> Of this week for me personally so, so. Uh, yeah I, I yes um the this might be the roughest record on our list this is probably a lot of noise fans favorite hardcore record but i don't catch noise vibes off this record very nah. much at all um it is not on the reissue and it is not on the youtube version of this which is what we're going to link people to because this is not on streaming crazy there's a sound clip at the end of the original version of Slave that is so fucking cool. It is from, uh, shout out to Dave, shout out to Jack Barfield, who's, which is who he asked to get this info. Because uh, I was like, yo, wh- where's that sound clip? I, I'm, I, I know it's on Slave, but I'm not hearing it. It's a sound clip from an audio version of the Monsters of Frank, the Monster of Frankenstein. And it's this like crazy thing where he goes in and he's like, you are the reason for all my hate. Hate, yes, hate. And it's like so gnarly and it ends the record. It's a sound clip that ends the record. And that was on my dubbed cassette. And I just remember that as being this weird thing that ends the record. Um, It's a shame it's not on the versions. Hopefully when this gets some fucking, you know, Southern Lord level deluxe triple deluxe reissue they include it but uh otherwise you're gonna have you to never hear that song the same without it oh fetch the pliers all right guys uh let's flip the southern california coin over uh let's go over the hills into orange county and let's talk about instead bonds of friendship released on wishing well records uh again also in 1988 uh patrick start us off okay uh, I have little familiarity except that this uh, this record covers iconic, and in that respect, it was everywhere. Though I don't actually remember any of my friends like bopping around to this fucking one. Um, it uh, I have sort of no history. I don't. Ha- I'm not coming with very much baggage, uh, but also no admiration. I thought that it started with potential and then felt grueling by the end. Uh, I, I don't know. It was like I was a teacher watching a student go the, go a bad way, you know, (laughs) like a promising student is now going a bad way. Hmm. And and I'd like to call their parents in for a meeting. (laughs) Okay. I think we're, uh, we're taking instead bonds of friendship. Are we taking them to the principal's office or the guidance counselor? I think guidance counselor. I might be taking them out back and shooting them. I don't know. <sighs> Tom, where are you at with Instead Bonds of Friendship? Um, this is the record that I was like, I like Instead. No, you don't. <laughs> no. <laughs> Same thing. I was like, this probably could have been like a cool like 
four song seven inch. Yes. Yep. Because I like the EP. I think that comes out after this. Will make the difference. Yeah. Really like that record. And this, and I, I really bet you like might it. have some you might have some energy for what we believe, which is the LP yes. that comes out of, on Epitaph. Actually, after that, yes, yep, which also comes out after this record. Yes, this is this is we talk about shirt bands. Hmm. This is a cover band. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. More people have this. More people have this tattooed on them in 2022 than have listened to this record <laughs> in 2022. Oh, uh, without question. Uh, can I ask you, fellas? I don't know anything about this. Okay. Are is there any lore to this image, th- this drawing? Oh yes, there is. Um, damn. Um, oh, that's like a rev fun fact, actually. <laughs> um, because I, I I love YouTube comments, as you know, and yes. the the funniest fucking comment because I, I don't know any of the lore. Mm. The comment is. From two years ago, the black kid on the left was my good friend in high school. If this no, is yeah, not, if this is not a draw, like that is just a funny thing to say about this image. If it's not true, and if it is true, it's also really funny. <laughs> like, no, but- there is a story. I don't know it off the top of my head. I believe I've read it, but um, I'm not a fan. So I kind of have shuffled that away, but I, I'm pretty sure this was an image. Uh, I want to say it was an image from some kind of like advertisement or something that they kind of somebody redrew. You know what I mean? Okay. Yeah. Some, that, there's that something sense. there. I can't totally remember the story. So hopefully someone can can point us in the right direction on that. And what are they walking towards? I think uh, the Japanese flag. That's what I was going to say. <laughs> Like, why do they look like they're walking towards um, the what you don't Japanese know? Place? If you want to flip your perspective, they're in a sewer tunnel. Yes, and they're going out also of possible. it. Okay, yeah. The kid in the middle Into broke the his. The kid in the middle. Well, we're not sure what's outside. The kid in the middle broke his leg. Leg that's kind of longer. Yeah. He's. They're dragging him along, and that's why the See, other I, two I children don't know him at all, and they're just helping him out. No, I think I see it differently. I think that the kid in the middle owes them money. Oh, they're taking the red they're is the, uh, the, the glow of a yeah an ATM machine or a, now, a, a Mac machine. Can I can I read some of these other comments? Yes, I, I I wanted to mention um, we didn't talk about any of the Infest comments. My favorite Infest uh, YouTube comment was, "This is the best third wave ska record of all time." I saw that. Loved I saw it. that. Loved it. All right, go ahead. <laughs> okay. Uh, I like this because this is history. There's some really fun YouTube comment history because everybody just congregates there. And if you have any connection to a thing, you feel like you have to share it with the world. This came out my senior year of high school. Such great memories of Fender shows, seeing these guys, uh, uniform choice, seven seconds, half off youth of today. Uh, unfortunately, uh, the Sueys uh, invariably ruined the good vibe, Right. So suicidal tendency fans would just come and ruin, oh, like famously, yes, yes. famously were just like, yeah, yeah, just a bad energy. Right. And like for this person to remember this, what, f- 35 years later, <laughs> it's so fun to me. Like he felt like he had to throw shade all of these years later, like, oh, and then those fucking guys showed up and the best comment from this YouTube 
Thank you, Mario Hernandez, four years ago. I just found out today, the drummer is my boss. The best. (laughs) (laughs) I found the... uh, Hold on. Oh, oh, we got it. Hold on, please hold. Yes, may I read it? Please. Yes. Um, so I just searched instead in my Gmail, and apparently this is one of the good uh, work facts. Rev HQ fun facts. Yep. Give me a. Where did I find this? Hold on. Give me one second. I had it, and yeah. then I. So sure. uh, let me give my my thoughts on this. Yeah, please. Got uh, it. This. Okay, go. No, please give me your thoughts. This record does so little for me. Um, yeah, this band uh, so does so little for me. You've said that forever. Was there any? Did it move an inch on this list? Uh yes. That that <clears throat> what that, move? Yeah, yeah. Not enough. Nothing good. Um, no. It musically, this record has a couple moments that are totally serviceable hardcore. There's a couple songs that stood up that I was like, oh, okay, this one's. Pretty the beginning good. of live, live and Let Live is yep. really good. Uh, there's some elements where you can hear the... I mean, so this is very in-the-pocket Orange County hardcore. However, um, in their more melodic moments, you hear that these are guys who also like like their SoCal punk um, of the early 80s variety. And there's also an awareness of New York hardcore. Um, I think there's moments where you can hear like, oh, these guys know uh, Agnostic Front and these guys know Chromags and they're not ripping them, but they are, you know, trying to do some similar stuff or trying to incorporate some of that. The tempo never moves me. It's fast enough, but just doesn't pull me in. Lyrically, this really loses me. Um, I don't mm. think it's there. Uh, and that's always been my qualm. I just it just never connected. But that said, you know, I didn't think about cutting this into an EP. But when Tom said that, I was like, yeah, you know what? He's right. You can make a really solid four song seven inch here. And I give them credit for coming out of the gates, doing a record, an LP on Wishing Well. This not the last record Wishing Well released, but um, of the original incarnation, this is one of the later ones. This is the last. And it was also released on Giant, it says. Giant, uh, I believe, was the like distribution like arm for Wishing Well. Yeah, Giant was the distribution okay. arm for Wishing Well, and probably picked it up once Wishing Well kind of put it Got down. It. Um, it just doesn't connect to me. I can hear some of the stuff. I I hear hints at SoCal punk and skate stuff, but never totally goes there. So it's it's nothing enough for me. If that makes sense. Sure. Rev HQ fun fact. We've told you about the origin of the cover artwork to the Instead Bonds of Friendship LP. The illustration was based on the 1967 Bill Epridge photograph that appeared in Life magazine. We just discovered that Instead wasn't the only group of musicians who would thought the image would make for a good LP jacket. Mm. About 14 years ago, about 14 years before the Instead LP was released in oh, – well, let me start it over again. About 14 years before the Instead LP was released in 1988 by Wishing Well Records – Jazz musicians Michael Gibbs and Gary Burton had also used a similar rendition of the photograph on the cover of their LP in the public interest released in 1974. And note the variances with the Gibbs Burton version displaying some artistic license and drawing the boy on the left in pants instead of shorts. While both LP covers rid the kid on the right of the pattern on his shirt. 
something. Yeah, nobody wants to draw that. That's really fun, yeah. man. <laughs> so um, this record, so yeah, yeah, this record just doesn't hit for me. I think you have to be. What, what is? Let's let's give this one a little more. Just like one more minute. What could you like and want to go for this record? If you if you love everything Uniform Choice did, you have you should check this out. It doesn't sure. sound like if Uniform like, Choice, but you should check it out. If you listen to like, oh. Turning Point until you're sick of it, okay. Yep. Yeah. If I you prefer the that, early Turning Point, this is more of a lean too. Yep. I I also think that if you like another record, we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the Token Entry record. Yep. If, if you like if you like that record, this record might be in the pocket for you too. Yes. Uh, so it's somewhere between. Early mid '80s Sco- SoCal skate punk and punk, uh, Orange County hardcore, and a little touch of non-metallic '80s New York hardcore. All right, let's vote. Um, uh, it's Infest Slave for me. No question. Yeah, Infest in a drought in a drubbing. But it doesn't matter what we think totally. Y'all can go to our social media and vote. Find us on Instagram. Find us on Twitter. If you don't have either of those, we've had quite a few people who listen but don't. Feel free to shoot us an email. We'll tabulate you. And we probably are more likely to talk about what you say since you sent us an email. So shout out to that. Um, yeah. And if you really like the Instead record, of course, hit us with that. Really? Yeah. Because we'd like to, we want to give people the shine on that because there are people who are fans of this record. Tom, I largely think, as a, as somebody who's not a big fan, I think we'll make the difference is their best material and that what we believe is significantly better. Almost enough to say, Patrick, that you might be able to find something on what we believe that you think is pretty good. All right. I, I mean, I, I'm at the point in my life where I'd I love for a band to prove me wrong. Yeah. Pat, listen to the We'll Make the Difference EP. We'll do. It's more, it's more core. I think you might dig it. Okay. All right. Guys, let's move over. This one's fun. Uh, By Coastal Competition. Token Entry Jaybird and Descendants. Milo goes to college. Um, we, we allowed for a few things to be stretchy here in terms of Mosh Madness. And I think Descendants Milo goes to college fits that stretchy pants version of this. Uh but on the same side, so does Token Entry. So let's start with Token Entry Jaybird. Uh, I was shocked because to me, this is very f- firmly third tier. Uh, I, I was playing it and Eric knew every word. For people that, if, if this is your first episode, Eric is my former roommate and I'm currently at my old place right now. Uh, Eric knew every word. I was shocked that anybody knows every word. <laughs> Like I, I, to me, this is so firmly third tier. Um, third is a I'm, little strong, though, isn't it? Well, look, I don't want to take anything away from them because I, I think that people that love this fucking loved these shows. I guess let, let me say this. I you guess meant, for, yeah. a lo- for a lot of the things that we're going to talk about, the fact that I don't like how it presents on record is not meant to take anything away from how fucking wild and good time some of this shit was sure. And people said token entry was phenomenally fun because it had like such a, uh, like a harmless energy. You know what I mean? Like it was just fucking fun. And 
I think that there's so much to be said for that. And I think it's awesome. And, but, but on record, I, I, this was not popping for me on record. And I, uh, so for me, it was like, Oh, I didn't know that everybody knew every word. That's wild. And, uh, I, here's my beef with this record. Unlike instead, which I think do not have any tracks. I think that token entry potentially does. Yes. Token entry got tracks. Yep. But over the course of this record, samey, samey, samey shit. Like I felt like, yeah, I felt like I'm good fellas. (laughs) I I thought, come on, like go easy on me now. And, and also not for nothing, the place that like token entry, it's not just the fucking, uh, uh, Eagle logo. People associate this with skating in it and it's an East coast band. And that's not, there wasn't a ton of that. Like who else? uh, Philadelphia had, uh, uh, McRad. McRad. Thank you. And I think there was also a DC band that was, uh, pretty fucking skate, but underdog had frontside grind. Yeah, there you go. Uh, so New Jersey will count. And then uh, to me, I don't consider East Coast music skate music. I just don't, right? Few and far between, yeah. And I saw, like, I was looking into Token Entry, a band I've never truly thought of in any real way. And people are just like, this reminds me of skateboarding. I love I love this band. Well, they have a song and, that goes skate, skate, skate. So Yeah, it's, it's actually the best song on the, <laughs> on the fucking record to me. But the... Uh, I mean, I didn't have that experience. You know what I mean? I fell off a skateboard when I was 12. I said, I prefer BMX. You know what I mean? So, so I, I, to me, this is like, maybe it's missing me in some ways. Did you, you know? have pegs on your bike? Oh yeah. Of course. Couldn't do a single trick. Come on. No, no. Um, Yo, you just have dudes stand on us. Riding yeah. Pegs. I mean, I lived in the suburbs. You're gonna t- this is how you get around. Yes. Um, but anyway, long story short, uh, I thought that this was too long by, by two thirds. And, uh, the tracks that are there are buried under like, uh, also murdered by production, which sounds like buzzing bees to me. Um, and I just would have liked this, uh, keep the same budget, uh, just record four songs and maybe those pop. And, and I think of this as like an all time fucking fun, fun EP, but as, as something longer, it was not working for me. So for me, uh, token entry is a funny one. Um, this record comes out in 89 from beneath the streets comes out the year before in 88. It's kind of like two sides. I, we, we came to what, which of these two records just kind of organically going. Yeah. Jaybird, I think is the one. Um, and I think that's right. I think Jaybird is better than from beneath the streets. I'm sure there's somebody who disagrees out there. I never loved Token Entry. This listen, I probably enjoyed it more than I have in the past. Um, yo, to me, they're they're actually were easier to place than I've ever had in a long time. This is the connective tissue uh, between mid era seven seconds and Gorilla Biscuits, um, and I think Gorilla Biscuits would nod and say, sure. "Yeah, like we took a lot of influence from." this fellow Queens band, you know? Right. Um, they got a couple tracks for sure. Birthday is a track, like almost undeniably. Um, and it, it's good. It is East coast skate. It, it, 
is New York, but at the same time feels very in itself. The only thing I would say is like, yo, if, if you love, like love Gorilla Biscuits or you love Civ, um, or you love bands who are in that mold. Yeah. You need to hear token entry. You, you might find more in it than any of the three of us do. I really like it uh, in a, hey, this is cool, and I haven't heard it in a long time, and maybe I should incorporate it into more of a regular rhythm, but I never totally connected, and, and on the listens for this episode, I still didn't. I thought it was good, not great, if that makes sense. Oh, yeah. Tom. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think that's fair. I mean, I think... If you put those two LPs together and like cut out some of the fat, it might yes. be one really good LP. Yes. Or this would be a very good EP. To me, um, The Fire is legit one of my favorite Trader songs ever. Mm. Um, uh, I think all most of the members went on to better things. Uh-huh. Timmy Chunks in Redemption. Redemption 87. Yeah. Redemption 87. Um. Do you like Ernie the drummer? Yeah. No, go ahead. I was going to say. I mean, Ernie the drummer went on to, you know, Gray Area and one of my favorite bands, and I think they're widely overlooked, who do this sort of style, and I prefer it more, uh, Black Train Jack. Mm. Yo, of those three, Um, Gray Area, Black Train Jack, and Token Entry, rate them. Who would I take? Yeah. Go one, two, three. Uh, Black Train Jack number one. Yep. Probably token entry two, gray area three, but you okay. can, yeah. the two and three could flip flop. I mean, yeah. I think the Black and Jack records are really good. Yeah, but it's it's Tom. It's I, I'm glad that you rate rank them that way because Black Train Jack does not get ranked. Do no, you know what I mean? No, no, no. Like not it's, very often. And they should. It's, yeah, yeah, a hundred percent. So I, I'm glad that you went in that order because maybe it'll inspire people to uh, check it out. And they're on finally um, on streaming because they were both on Roadrunner and they weren't out there. Yep. But both LPs are on streaming. Um, yeah, we talked about Rob Vitali, who was in Nine Lies as well, yep. passed away last year. Yep. Zagging for Black Train Jack. Um, yeah. So these guys were like, honestly, uh, this record came out on Hawker, which is kind of an interesting, funny little label. Um, did Roadrunner few- of a Jace? Yep. Yep. Short lived yeah. hardcore imprint. Um so did a few things. Did the No for an Answer Thought Crusade LP? Did the Wrecking Crew Balance Terror LP? Did the Pain Babies LP? Uh, but rest that was it. Right. Uh, that was did it. Did they do Rest in Pieces? Um, did they do Rest in Pre? Or was that Road Racer? I think that was not Hawker. Let's find it. And um, they put out that that comp. Right? Yes, the uh, the live the Hawker record comp, the Hawker comp. Right. Um, oh, yeah, <laughs> I was like, why can't I think of the name of the yeah, comp? Because um, it's that obvious. No, Road Racer. You're exactly right. Under My Skin came out on Road Racer Records. Not not to make anything confusing or anything. Um, Road Racer, Road Runner. So, yeah. Um, Token Entry, a New York band who, um, if you had a spectrum, you get out. Uh, are they more melodic than GB? Nah, I won't give them that. No, I think no. they're between Murphy's Law and GB in the melodic oh. spectrum. So that's interesting. Yep. Eric was like, I said, oh, Eric, that's so interesting that you know this record. He goes, yeah, he goes, I, I like it. He, he says, you know, I, I, I kind of file them because I, I said to him, it's so interesting. When I think of New York, token entry doesn't enter my mind, right? It's not one of the, not one of the kind of pantheon mm-hmm. ones to me. And 
He said, really? He said, I kind of put him right there with Murphy's Law. And I was like, oh, no. Like, no, I put them I put them way below Murphy's Law. I'm just saying on the spectrum of New York hardcore, like Murphy's Law is not melodic, but they have some leanings here and there, you know, um, but you just put them over on the other side of that. You know, they're they're in the firmly melodic side of New York. Uh, that actually be kind of a fun thing to do is the like East Coast skate punk stuff and just talk about it and like how different it is than the West Coast because there is some of it but it's it's varying level. By the way, Tom, the Hawker comp we call it that. It's called the free for all comp, but everybody knew it as the Hawker Records comp. Right, you know? right. Um, so yeah, Token Entry, Jaybird. We know. So you know what I think about whenever I think about Token Entry is they made these painters caps. <laughs> that were so cool because they had the token entry green arrow logo on the top and like that just looked cool uh like you know they're not a shirt band they're a painter cap band <laughs> yeah, that's a yeah cool i mean and that was that's that sticker that token entry sticker like Ooh. that thing was literally from the mta yep yep that's yep. like where, where it would tell you like where to insert the token before metro cards token entry get it Boom. yep Guys, let's swing back to the West Coast. Uh, this has been a more California-centric episode, which is nice. Nice change of pace here. We're getting, we're just all going to be Angelinos by the end of it. Um, Descendants Milo Goes to College, released in 1982 on New Alliance Records. Before we talk about this record, what do you guys know about New Alliance Records? Anything? Nothing. Not much. All right. I didn't either. I knew it was related to SST and that at some point it became a part of SST. Let me read a little bit. New Alliance Records was an independent record label founded by D. Boone and Mike Watt and their longtime uh, friend and associate, Martin Tamburovich. Inspired by Black Flag, who had formed SST, uh, led Watt to understand, according to an 87 interview, how easy it was to get a record made. All you had to do was pay the record plant, man. Uh, true. Great quote. Great quote. True. Um, Still stands. They did. So just just so people can put together what this is, the dudes from Minutemen's record label, they did a Cracks in the Sidewalk compilation, had Minutemen, Black Flag, Sacrum Trust on it, did Who's Gradu's first album, Land Speed Record. Uh, That's right. That's where I know the Did the Minutemen second seven-inch Joy, um, and then did a few Descendants records, and I believe did another Who's Gradu record as well. So... Um, really interesting. After D. Boone dies in a car accident in 1985, um, Mike Watt starts doing Firehose. It gets busy. They sell New Alliance to SST in 87. They kind of, again, kind of reappropriates all the important <laughs> New Alliance stuff to SST and then turns it into a weird label doing jazz, instrumental, spoken word, and poetry records. Interesting turn. Yeah. <laughs> ceases operations in 98 backlog catalog was deleted or no longer available uh tamburovich who we talked about and uh rad ramsey a rap records founder i don't know what that is really reactivate new alliance in 2000 tamburovich dies of a bacterial infection in 2003 sst files a suit against them in 2006 to close down new alliance so Greg yeah pretty fascinating um and 
That's where Milo Goes to College got its start. Descendants, Milo Goes to College. Tom, kick it off for us. I mean, I'm a Descendant super fan. Um, this is probably their best LP. Early band for you? Yeah, pretty early. Yeah. Yeah, like post-hardcore. Yeah. Like, I got into hardcore first. Um, but I was never a skater or anything like that. I was played basketball. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, yeah, my first introduction to them was the summary record, which is why I always kind of perseverate on, like, getting people into it, like, put together a really fucking great, like, greatest hits, and then let people go back and, you know, which record is this song on? Which record is this song? And then that's how you'll get people to expand their kind of knowledge of your music. Yep. And I thought that was like a super important. That was summary. was a super, super important record to, to me to kind of get into the, um, yep. the sentence. That was like the first record that I had of theirs. Um, and I might think this and, and, and um, to me, this and everything sucks are their two greatest records. Um, it's the precursor to, to everything, all the pop punk that you hate. You know what I mean? It's like all the bands that made it suck all kind of took their idea from this. It's 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 kind of how um, like the Ramones took like fifties and sixties like girl groups and like made it like put them over like bar chords. This took like Beach Boys melodies and put them over punk music. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I yeah. Yes. I, I don't know what you're talking about now. No. 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 I I think that's. I feel like that's works. like kind of what their vibe was. Very California. <sighs> very California. Yo. Very Black Flag. I hear a lot of yes. Rollins in in what uh, Milo is doing vocally on this record, and I, I mean, I think I subconsciously knew that, but never picked it up till I was like. Let me do an academic listen of this record I've listened to since I was 15, you know? Right. And all the instrumental stuff sounds like the weird fucking Black Flag shit. Yeah. Like, so, so I think it's kind of in the Black Flag, South Bay punk of the time, SST kind of ether, which is like, hey, you know what's really fun to do in these fast songs? Scale. Let's do scales, guys. Do, 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 do. Um, and that's something you'll pick up on Black Flag records, especially their mid and late era stuff. Absolutely all over all the Descendants material and all all material as well. So um, this is a record I've known for a long time. It was not my first Descendants record. It's not my favorite Descendants record. My favorite Descendants record is All um, and then maybe enjoy which is weird because i hate the joke songs uh, I hate but i like some of the other stuff on there and i, I really like um i don't want to grow up uh but I, I like when descendants go faux new wave ish like start taking some weird influences from that this record <clears throat> at some point was was right there though it was right there in terms of my favorite Descendants record this is Roots pop punk, but it doesn't it doesn't smear like nineties fat epipunk, even though it one hundred percent is a thing that all those bands would say was a direct influence. Yeah. Um they rarely outstay their welcome on this record. Most of the songs are clocking in well under a minute thirty. 
handful in the minute to two minute range and only one song that goes over two minutes. Well, two, one hits it, one goes over. Um, it's fun. It's largely not serious. Lyrical content has aged sort of poorly for me, though some of it I like. Um, I, I think it's a, uh, I think it's kind of a, a really cool milestone record and it makes me go, okay, there are probably people in 2022 who like stuff like Angel Dust, who like um, No Pressure, who like, you know, fast, exciting, energetic punk songs, but maybe aren't, maybe know who the descendants are, who've seen the name, but but it's like, yo, they have 20 something records. And their newer stuff, the songs are a little longer. They're not all, but they're they're not they're not clicking in like this. So I would implore people to use this as a jumping in point. Summary is their best of and is a like ultimately like not be all end all because all their albums have tracks. But this is maybe the easiest way to get into the descendants would be through this record. Patrick. A record you've never connected with and a band you've never connected with. That's, uh, and still, mm-hmm. um, how old were they when they wrote this? Well, it depends on who you The bass player was 37 years old. Okay. No excuse for the song Parents, huh? Uh, <laughs> I think he actually wrote that too. Did he? Uh, it, yes, I'm looking through this. Yeah, Lombardo. Well, did he write the lyrics though? Yeah, I believe so. Wow. I... It's my favorite song on this record, by the way. And it is so fucking stupid. It's next level. I, so so on a on a pure level here, if someone's familiar with Youth of Today, Can't Close My Eyes, which is like, okay. uh, why don't you just slacken up off my back? Your expectations, they are too much. Instead of just letting me be, you got your fucking goals set for me. Like, that sounds like high-brow literature compared to a lot of lyrics on this record. Bassist Tony Lombardo, some 20 years his bandmate senior, yes. wrote songs expressing his desire for stability and individuality. I'm oh, is, that what we, is that how we describe parents? Okay. Reflected his disinterest in being part of the anarchic, um, destructive aspect of the punk scene. The whole thing turned me off. I wanted to play the music and do as best as I could, and I had a lot of fun doing that. It's like, I'm not a punk. I just want to be my own person. Suburban Home was quite literal. Expressing his desire. Oh, no, he didn't write Parents. No. He wrote Suburban Home. Yeah. Which is also not. Yeah. But that's it's, it's kind of funny. It's it, it rings differently when it's a 37-year-old writing that song than a 22-year-old. It's like less aspirational and weird. It's just like, bro, go get a mortgage. Yeah, he's like, I definitely wanted a home. I couldn't live in a place where all the people were cool. I don't like dysfunctionality. I have an abhorrence of dysfunctionality because my mother was an alcoholic. My parents are divorced. I just don't need that assault on my emotions and psyche. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, okay. So here we go. Um, Parents was written by Tony uh, Nevada, the guitar player. Nevada, yeah. So here's the one thing. This This is a trope that remains in pop punk. None of these guys were young enough that it should excuse the lyrical immaturity other than the genre that they're in. You know, they're none of these guys are 16-year-olds. None of these guys okay. are, you know, 
a lot of these guys are 20 year olds. Um, so, I mean, the goes to college thing is literal. I think Milo was about to go to college. Hence the title of the record. Yeah. Bill know? Stevenson was 18. Yeah. So was Milo. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That's not, that's, that's, that's not, it's not terribly old. You know what I mean? So, but still, but still, the, yeah, uh, not, yeah. It's also 1982. The, Yes, yes, it's it's it sucks that we have to do the well. It was a different time, but they there was there is a lyrical immaturity to this stuff because guys, you know, um, my favorite Agnostic Front song off United Blood, which I believe came out the same year, is "Fight," and the lyrics are "Fight, fight, 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 fight." You're gonna have to fight, fight, fight. You know what I mean? Or "Traitor, right. traitor, 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 traitor." That's it. So continue, Patrick. Sorry, we didn't mean to rain on the your descendants' uh, love bomb. No, I mean please rain, please. Um, yeah, I, I look. I understand what people see in this band. They're certainly better than uh, a lot of bands that f- followed in their footsteps. Uh, I just feel like you have to connect with this as a young person, and if you try later, it's very hard. Um, I wasn't. I wasn't too, <laughs> I wasn't uh, bemused and, and enchanted by this particular one. Uh, you know, uh, it's okay, I guess. Go in, yeah. come on, give us something, give us something, give us some analysis here. Could, um, could a band who wrote a record like this um, play with Drug Church in 2022? Uh, yeah, I mean, certainly I see fucking... Yeah, why not, why the fuck not, honestly? Um <clears throat> this Okay, so we're getting hung up on the lyrics probably, right? And uh, that's understandable. I uh, I think that this is k- kind of more interesting than even though this is not what I want to hear, it's kind of more interesting than than faux poetry. It's kind of more interesting than uh kind of uh, super sincere sort of stuff. It's it's childlike and it's stupid for sure. Uh, but there would be a nice change of pace for me personally right now. I'd, I'd be, would I be embarrassed playing with a young band that was singing these type of songs? And eh, maybe I would, I don't know. Uh, I, I, so <laughs> to I me, I, I think being a kid who heard this the first time I was able to connect to it, especially kind of in contrast to some of the like self-serious lyrics of a lot of the other stuff I was also getting into, yeah. you know? Yeah. So there was, you know, uh, uh, my first four punk hardcore CDs I owned were the Minor Threat discography, 10 Yard Fight, Hardcore Pride. Interesting. Descendants, Milo Goes to College. No, Descendants All. I'm sorry, Descendants All. And Grill Biscuits Start Today. When you look at those four, you know, uh, Ten Yard Fight is a little silly. <laughs> uh, still. Fun as fuck, though. Fun as fuck. But also, like, there's some, you know, there's some real, like, serious level stuff, too. Once you get to the, the, the demo is the football lyrics. The seven inches a little more of the, like, aggressive, like, stay true type stuff. Um, GB start today is not all serious, but there's a little bit more, you know, there's some playfulness. Minor threat is certainly not goofy or jokey. 
right. but there's personality once you get further along in there. Yeah. Skip, we love you. Yes. But but Descendants and Descendants All is more serious than this for sure, except for you know, the songs all, which I always skipped even then. Um I've never hated so uh, more like there's nothing that infuriates me more than the joke bands by the, like the joke songs by the Descendants. Yeah, that's not great. Like, and I don't. I go, motherfucker! I hate these. I hate these as much as I love the great stuff. There's not a joke song on this record, truly. Uh no. Which but is they, which know. is the big thing. They, there's not a joke song on this record. Um, Hope is a like, like great song. Yeah, it's a great song. It also is like. Like it, uh, it's a hidden track on a Sublime CD, so if you're of the '90s, you might notice that. Um, it's like like this is these are these are pretty legendary. It's melodic in a way. It has a lot going on. It stands alone, and it sort of fits into this weird place between the SST catalog of Black Flag, Minutemen, etc., Husker Du, and then on the other side, you'd have stuff like Angry Samoans, um, Adolescence. Uh, DI, in comparison to the SST stuff, Descendants are just as capable, just as competent, just as unique as any of that. And compared to the other side, the SoCal punk contemporaries, I just think they actually feel more cohesive. And, you know, like Adolescence self-titled is incredible. I think the Angry Samoans are have a really good LP and a half, maybe, maybe two LPs. DI actually has a couple LPs I really like. But if you compare Milo Goes to College, it's it's a clear winner. It's a clear winner. Um, they're efficient with their melodies. They're concise. Uh, if you like the first three Angel Dust records and you've never heard this record, you really should. Yeah, I think that's fair. All right. Any closing thoughts on the Descendants, Patrick or Tom? Uh, You got to absorb it because it's part of uh, punk history, and uh, I'm not even the guy that normally does that. But it's you should uh, interact with it for that reason alone. It is important, but you do not have to like it. Now, have you have you ever gone down? Have you gone further into the catalog? No, not really. Okay, all is the one I would tell you to listen to because some of the weird stuff, even just on the music level, I think you could get down with. I think, I think that like all the record has one, two, three, four out of like ten <laughs> songs that are joke songs and they suck. But the other songs have this weird bend on them, which is where the Descendants kind of get weird. And in a similar progression, but significantly further advanced, I, I compare their arc to Seven Seconds, mm. um, and I find that I find their their the music on all the most interesting and engaging. And I haven't heard another band who has even attempted to do what they attempt to do on Enjoy and then land better on All, which is doing their sound but incorporating incorporating elements of kind of new wave stuff into the sound. Pat, can we make you an uh a descendants all slash all greatest hits? Yeah. That you'll like give a legitimate chance. Because I'm looking yeah, looking at it like all like Coolidge, incredible song. Yeah, it's great. It's great. But then you get no you get you have all 
know all and Van. Van can suck. Yep. But like clean sheets, incredible. Well, and Iceman is a weird song, but like musically, that's a song that I'm like, oh, I, I, I'd like to hear what Patrick's impression is of Iceman. Because they're like cascading, like do 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 do, like they're they're doing yeah, stuff very, with tempo, tempo. Very again, and it and it moves into clean sheets in such a cool way that the like transition from Iceman into clean sheets into pep talk is like this great block. Then you get all logistics, which is just three minutes of like rambling nonsense. Right, but but yo, if this is one of your first four punk records, like this is this was cool to me. Anyways. Guys, it's time for us to vote. Um, Descendants, Milo Goes to College, or Token Entry, Jaybird. Fuck, I guess. Tom, I, kick I us off. I, let, let Tom kick us off. I mean, it's Descendants, come on. Yeah. Okay. Patrick? No question. I guess I'll go Descendants, but this is kind of a coin flip for me. I mean, uh, Token Entry, there was nothing wrong with Token Entry. No. <laughs> no. I want to give Token that. Entry more of a, a shot. When I, when I listened to it, it I think we, we all kind of fell into a similar place on instead in Token Entry, except we all thought te- Token Entry was a couple steps better, where, yeah. where it was like, this is purely serviceable. Like, this is good. Token Entry, actually, I... Tom, I think you like token entry, the idea of them more than you like them when you listened to the whole record. Is that correct? Yeah, but I still dig it. Yeah. This, I, I still like that more than instead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I think that I want to reframe Jaybird and look at it as like a skate punk record from the East Coast. And, and like I said, that connective tissue between seven seconds and GB is just about exactly where I put them. Um, it's Descendants, Milo Goes to College. Uh, despite the fact that it hasn't aged as well as I would love for it to, I, I think it still is an important punk record and kind of singular. So that doesn't matter. Uh, you guys vote. It'll be up on our socials uh, this Friday. So that's when we I typically post post it up. So go vote. Enjoy. Um, that would be 311. Chill. That's it. Yeah, I picked up on that. Fuck. 